When you're driving, speed bumps force you to slow down. Some are big, some are small. Regardless of the size, they can really mess up your car if you go over them too fast. In this go, go, go world, society tends to have a negative view of speed bumps. But in my opinion, they don't have to be a bad thing. We all go through speed bumps in life, such as getting married, a spiritual awakening, having children, changing jobs, a trauma, and more. In this podcast, you will hear the various speed bumps that people have encountered and how those experiences have shaped them into the person they are now. Because every story has speed bumps, and that is what makes life interesting. I really do. I think those are the two things I love most about myself. I love that. What is your favorite way to experience that childhood wonderment? Well, first of all, I obviously through my children is a wonderful way to see it through their eyes. Um, I try to find literally magic in every day, truly. Um, I know we weren't going to talk about the Fae and all that today, but I am <laughs> I am very, I, I can't not, you know, talk about my, uh, my peeps, but I'm very connected to uh, the Fae and um, they just bring me so much joy in my life every day. Um, nature, you know, just going out in nature and experiencing it. Um, I grew up very fast. And when I look at my life, I think about how, like, as a child, I was such an adult. I was born like I felt like this old soul. I had a lot of heaviness on me. I went through a lot of crazy stuff as a child. And as I've gotten older, I'm getting younger. And I feel the reversal. That's it's cool. Strange. And uh, I've done some research on this. It could be a Capricorn thing. It also could be I'm ruled by Saturn in many of in my life um, and a lot of like my birth chart and things like that. And um, that's what Saturn does. You, Saturn's like that tough dad, you know, like that strict papa. And as you grow and you learn your lessons, it's you're released more from Saturn's grip. Okay. And, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel that I feel that in my life, you know, and on many levels. So, um, yeah. So just really being creative, drawing all the time, uh, making things with my little guy. He's so in tuned with again, like earth and creating and like, just like, for instance, he made me this little clay heart Aww. today, just for no reason, just because he felt like it, you know, I love he's such a creator. Um, but for me, I feel like creation is the is brings me back to that childhood, you know, um, just wonderment and experiencing every little thing that life has to offer in a magical way and looking at it. I'm a very positive person. And, um, yeah, it just, I have to be, you know, and I, I, yeah, creation really. Yeah. I, I, I love that you always try and be positive. And you had said something before we hit record of, you believe that everything happens with reason or purpose and that everything happens 
for the greater good. And I love that outlook because sometimes we can be going through some really hard, tough shit. And there are times even the most positive person has to wonder, why is this happening? Like, why is this happening? And having that little hope of it's all going to work out. I don't, I don't know how, Mm -hmm. I don't know when, but having that at least in the back of your mind that you can turn to, I feel like is really important. Yes. And hope is like, so what I've had to learn through a lot of life's (laughs) journeys, speed bumps, if you will, (laughs) is my faith is so much greater than what I'm fearing and fear truly doesn't exist. It's, it's, it's love. Love exists. And I know I can get through anything because I am love, but fear, fear is bullshit. You know, it really is. Um, and faith is everything to me and it doesn't have to just mean the big G, you know, faith is believing in, yourself seeing the the beauty in nature like connecting in that way um just an inner knowing that everything is going to be okay it really does help that positive mindset that's how i have gotten through it you know the dark times and i always wonder i used to say why who's carrying me through this because i always felt it i knew i was never alone even though the times i felt alone I never felt alone. You know, I knew there was always things around me carrying me through. Do you think that is your higher self also playing a part in that? Like you are carrying yourself, but maybe not the present you, but maybe future you, parallel you, higher you, whatever you, you wanted to call that. I do. Because I think, I think some people are, born innately knowing it i think some people really struggle and they might never know it and i think some people have to learn a lot of lessons to get there to know it and i think i've had to learn a lot of lessons to get there to know it and to see it and i can see my higher self um through meditation and things like that and i feel it um a lot of days you just i i get those like Ah, I'm my higher self today. Like, I will literally be like, I feel good and I'm right. And this is like, I'm in the spot. I'm in the zone. And it's like, I'm okay. I'm with my higher self. Like I've, we've met, right. Or over here. And then in a flash, it's gone. You know what I mean? I do. I do. (laughs) Yeah. But like those moments are amazing to feel them because it's like, okay, I have the hope it's going to come back again. It's going to come back again. And maybe next time it'll stay a couple seconds longer, you know, with me. Um, but yeah, I think higher self for sure. I also think that there's some d- divine intervention as well, which Absolutely. we all have. We just don't think we all have it. We just don't, um, know how to channel it yet. But, um, and I think that's what was carrying me through a lot of times. I would agree with that statement. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to label or explain. I feel like the English language doesn't do a great job at providing us the words to explain sometimes the things that we feel and know in our hearts, but trying to articulate them comes out this bumbling mess sometimes. It does. It does. It's it's amazing what we should have learned in school as yeah. opposed to what we do learn in school. And it's kind of a tragedy, you know, what well, we're so powerful. We're such powerful beings and 
um, there's so much magic in the world. And it's so sad that a lot of people don't go through life noticing it or seeing it or even experiencing a little bit of it. I, cause I'm convinced if people experience just a little bit of magic, they would, they would make, it would change everything for them. I do. Yeah. Cause then I feel like it'd be easier for them to find that silver lining, look on the bright side, um, whatever that is. I know for the longest time I was really like stuck in this dark place. So then what I started to do is if I recognize I start to get into that little spiraling dark place, I go, okay, I'm grateful for, and it, I would start listing. And sometimes it would be stupid shit. Like I'm thankful that my water's cold right now. Um, cause it's an insulated cup, but then, it yeah. would, you know, the house is warm. Um, you know, we, we had a washer break and I'm like, there was wet clothes in it and they were a pain in the butt. And I was like, I'm thankful we, that we can get a new washer that it's easy to get it out of because we have Bilco doors. We have the money to get a new washer. Like, okay, this isn't in the world. Like, yeah, let's go on a better path. Like, yes, it's annoying, but let's take this in a better path. Yes. Yes. And truly, I think and a lot of people laugh at this, but being grateful is the key to, you know, having that kind of life um, and believing and even manifesting and the life that you want. You have to be grateful for every little thing. I, I do feel the universe really is conspiring in your favor. You know, it's not against you. I, I, I do feel that way. You Agreed. know, but we, we all have challenges. I know through my own meditation and spiritual journey that we have chosen the life we live, you know, wherever we were before, before we come here, you know, yep. we, we pick this path, these challenges, you know, and I feel like it's like a leveling up. It's almost like a uh, video game, you know, yeah. it's, like, it's like, all right, how do I win this level? <laughs> yeah. Can I get through this bullshit? Can I get through this? And it's like, yep. Okay, good. There's another, you know, notch in your belt, yep. you know, so you just never know when the next one's going to come, but isn't that the spice of life? <laughs> Woohoo! What a party. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like that's almost a, the spice of life, kind of a perfect segue. And do you want to introduce who Pepper is to people? Sure. Because Pepper's kind of spicy. Pepper's spicy. Um, <clears throat> Pepper is, so a lot of people might know me as Rosie on Upstate Unconventional. That is my name. But Pepper is, I would say, my true self, you know, it's like, um, she's spicy. She does whatever she wants. Um, she lives life to the fullest and, um, she doesn't care what people think about her. And that took a long time to get to that place. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it was, it was an interesting journey, I have to say. But once you get to the place of truly, I mean, you hear it all the time, like, how many fucks do you give? Zero fucks. Like, that's, that really is like yeah. me. I, I don't care anymore. Unfortunately, you do lose people through that journey. I've lost friends and family and things like that. Um, the problem is when you, I hate the word woke because that's not what I'm trying to portray here. When you wake up to your own spirituality, your own path, your freedom 
is what I like to call it the most. Like you the, do, yeah. The, the ability to spread your wings and just yeah. be you. Yes. People question you all the time and they'll say, that's not smart. That's a crazy decision. Why are you doing that? What is wrong with you? Um, aren't you afraid of what people are going to think of you? And you just say, fuck it all. No, because this is in my soul and my heart and I'm going to follow it. And that's what I, that's what I've done. And yeah. I've, I've broken my own mold and I'm proud of myself for that. And that's why I said, I'm one of the things I love about myself is my strength, you know, and to get through what I've gotten through and to be where I am now, which mostly, I mean, we had a little talk before the show, mostly it's a, it's a great life and it's full. It is full of peace and magic and um, everything I would want, but yeah, but being able to, and I struggle with this too, of giving zero fucks, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that you're an asshole. No, it just means what is what it like, whatever is like, that's fine. Like, you still want to be friends? Cool. You don't want to be friends? That's cool, too. Like, I don't wish you any ill will. Um, but, like, I'm going to do me. And if that is upsetting to you or makes you feel uncomfortable or whatever, you have every right to distance yourself. And I'm okay with that. Yes. And that, and people don't understand that, like, you're not mad at them or anything like that, but you're just, okay, like, have a great life. And you mean it. Yeah. Yeah. You mean it when you get to that point because you now know this isn't serving me, this, this relationship. I'm not going to force it. It's like, it's like, you know, girls that like are dating guys and they're like just holding on to it or opposite guys are dating girls and they're just holding on to this. Well, please love me. Why don't you like me? It's like, dude, like that's always been my motto. Like before I met Nico and stuff, I'm like, I'm not going to chase you. You know what I mean? Like, nope, that's not going to ever happen. Like, I'm not going to force any kind of relationship. Everything that's meant to be is going to come naturally and organically and flow. You know, I think that's right. Anything that needs to be forced and like, is not meant to be, you know, so you let it go. Just let it go. You know, be Elsa and just let that shit go. Let that shit go, man. (laughs) Be Elsa. Hell yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So I have my um, I started this Instagram situation uh, during the covid lockdown. And um, Nico and I used to have a blog together. It was called Food, Love, Arts and Crafts. And that was part of like our like thing because he's an artist i'm an artist and like we really wanted to figure out something where we could be creative together besides just like doing our our regular like painting and stuff art um like he's a great writer so he would like write the blogs and i would like do the photography you know it would be like he would do the cooking and like you know we it was a blog about everything we loved to do Mm -hmm. together we didn't know if it was going to go anywhere. It didn't go anywhere. It was terrible. <laughs> it was just like something that made us feel good to do together. Yeah. So we had this funny little account and um a few hundred people were on it. And we were sitting home one night. I'll never forget it. And he was like, 
hey, I stumbled upon that Instagram account. We, you know, we, we did. And I was like, oh, he's like, you should do something with that. And I was like, oh, really? Like what? He's like, I don't know. You should just like put your art up there, do something or just like do some modeling pictures. Like you put them out there. And I was like, all right. So we came up with the name because obviously it was going to be something about pepper, you know, and then pepper, pepper. What do we do? We like wrote down other P words to kind of go with it. And we came up with peppers a peach. Um, and so I really liked that because, well, I've red hair and I'm kind of peachy looking, you know, like, <laughs> and then like a peach. I just always like that, you know, when you call somebody a peach, like, oh, she's a peach, you know? So, um, I was like, that's cute. That's cute. Um, and so, yeah, I just started putting up. It was very like me modeling with the, f- with food. And it was sort of like this take on Renaissance paintings where like, you know, um, like these still lives, but it was like me, but modeling with like pineapples or pomegranates <laughs> and like artichokes. It was a fun tongue in cheek situation. Yeah. Overnight thing blew up because I didn't realize there was a redhead thing. I was very naive to it. And the redhead thing blew up for me. And I like used like a couple random redhead hashtags. And it was just like, before I knew it, I had like 10,000 followers one day. And then it just like blah, blah, blah. And so then it progressed, um, into something else. And, uh, it was, it's very exciting. And I, and I love doing it and I have a lot of fun and it's very empowering to me because I've now used my body as my art. And so um it's very creative. I take my own photos. Um and with I have an OnlyFans account and oh my gosh, the stigma that that oh, website yeah. has. I know it's terrible, but it's also it, a lot of people have an OnlyFans and they do like they're like car mechanics and they just show off their car. You know what I mean? Like, it's like yeah. funny. It's not just like adult content, um, even though it's well known for it. Um, but I do have adult content and I, I make erotic art and it's so empowering. And, um, yeah, I just, it has brought me so much. So I, I'm really into like the divine feminine and I did a lot of study on that. And, um, talk about feeling divine feminine when you can just be in your own body and create art with it, you know, and just feel completely embrace everything that you have to give. I love it. It fuels me. It just fuels me. And, um, I don't know. It's hard to explain that to people without being judged right away, you know, but I don't care anymore. I don't care about that. And that's why I was so excited to come on here and like explain that, you know, it's not something I'm ever going to be ashamed of, you know, yeah. it's not something that like, Oh, only fans girl. Like, yeah, I, I do do that. And you should join it because it's really hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Listen, I've seen some of the pictures on Instagram and the fact that you just told me that you do them yourself, mm-hmm. like major props. Because Thank you. there were some of them that I was like, Nico has, or somebody has to be taking these. And the artist, like the way that the light comes in at certain points and like frames the face or like highlights the hair or like when you say you literally use your body as art, you do. And I can see it in the photos of 
how much time you took to set up these pieces, whether it's the props around you or a pillow or the way the light's coming in or things like that, or the way you're sitting in a chair. And it, it truly is art. And I think, I know OnlyFans get such a bad rap, but also you're an adult. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, so, um, if that's what you choose to do, like, also, why not? And, but your stuff isn't, it's, it's, it's adult content, but it's not porn. Right. It's very tasteful. It's very, it, it literally is art. And I think it's very cliche of people to admire Renaissance paintings where women are literally nude and say that that is okay, but then to get mad at you for doing something similar or even you have more clothes on and somehow that's bad. Right. Right. Those Renaissance paintings are insured for like millions or billions of dollars. Oh my gosh. So why is one okay and not the other? Exactly. It's always been a thing. I mean, I'm just expressing it in the way I want to express it. Um, and it, yeah, you're right. Thank you for saying it's not crude. It's not porn. And no, my only fans is just, it's erotic art. It's, 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 le- it's a level, it's levels up from what you see. You know what I mean? On my Instagram pages. Um, and I enjoy it. I don't care what people think about it. And I would still be doing it if I had no one enjoying it. You know what I mean? It's just yep. something that I really, really love to do. And it just connects me with myself. You know, it connects me with myself. And like I said, it's very empowering uh, for me. And yeah. So thank you for saying that because that yeah. means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I do work with lighting. Like light is very important to me. Composition in my photographs like you know a lot of people might go on there and just be like oh another redhead you know what I mean another curvy redhead like whatever like but it's not for me it's really I don't put things out there unless it's like I'm sitting a certain way yeah lighting's coming in the right way like so yeah all these things are very intentional and I can Mm -hmm. so I like nature photography Mm -hmm. and so that's how I'm looking at, you know, your photos in a artistic way. And so that's why, like, I love playing with light. And so that's what I picked up on. Thank you. Because it's just, that's something I really love to do when I take photographs. Yes. Light is so important, isn't it? We moved into our new house and um, I've been struggling with light because our old house had um, beautiful lighting in our bedroom. And I would that's where I started creating all this stuff was that's where, you know, it all began. Right. Mm -hmm. And, Oh, the sunlight would just pour in. We're like, now I'm like struggling. Like the main light is like in the, all like the areas where like the family room, like the front areas, like, and I, I can't, I don't feel comfortable doing my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so like, I really have to be creative in our, in our space because um, light is just everything, you know, it really is. I love it. It's important. I think people would, I would venture to say, might be surprised at, you mentioned OnlyFans. We've been talking about the light in your pictures for the past few minutes because it's, you're right. It gets such a bad rap and I'm hoping that this will change people's perspective on it because it's not crude, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm sure there's things on there I 
I don't have one. I don't know what it is. I, I know what it is, but I don't know the content on there. Um, but I've seen the stuff on Instagram and it just, it's gorgeous. It's, mm-hmm. it's something that you could, I don't know if I, I would say put them on a wall, but like if it was only adults around, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like. And that's the thing that's so important. Listen, first and foremost, I, I'm a mom, right? Yeah. I'm a mom of two. I'm in my 40s. So I'm rocking what I have. You know, I never would have done what I'm doing in my 20s. Yeah. So it wouldn't even cross my mind. I wasn't there at that level. I didn't have that confidence. I love my 40-year-old body. I've never felt sexier. And um, oh, this is hysterical. I'll just send this to you. Nico, we always joke about this because Nico sent me this meme yesterday. It was like Hillary Duff. It's like Hillary Duff is 35 and looks uh, like she, look at her. She looks so good. And at, at the ripe old age of 35, it's like 35. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, where do you, where should we be dead? Like, are we planning our funerals at 35 as women? We still are in this mentality. Yeah. Like I've never felt better in my forties than I have like in my twenties. Ugh, I would never want to go back there. No. I would never want to go back there. No, nope. you know. So, and I never would be doing what I'm doing. And you're right. I I'm an adult woman. <laughs> like, so, but separating it, it's like, yeah, I'm a mom, and like, you know, I've got these children that I love and I adore, and they come first. And like, I'm a room mother. Okay, for <laughs> like a kindergarten class, um, they're like childhood wonderment is like everything to me, like having them experience everything that childhood has to offer because I lacked that is everything to me. But on the flip side, I'm still a woman and I have needs and desires and wants. And, you know, I, I love my body and I have a lover that I love and we, express you know what i mean love to each other he's not on that um but it's just me but what i'm saying is like that's the flip side of just getting to know yourself you know like embrace sex embrace your curves you know love your body like it's not perfect but that's the beauty of it no one wants perfect and that's something that i've learned even being doing what i do and modeling and stuff Back in my 20s, I did model too. And you could say then, you know, I was very thin and like I had more of that, you know, would quote unquote more perfect body. There was no cellulite. There was no stretch marks. There was no, you know, and I felt less confident, you know, the hotness is the uniqueness. And for me, that's what I love, you know, like, uh, yeah. So Well, and that's. The hotness is also the confidence. And I know I wasn't confident like that in my 20s. Like, no way. Was right. I was I thinner in some cases and things like that? Sure. But, like, yeah. it having the confidence is what makes you sexy. And having that ability to say that. And there's this, I think, taboo where if you're a mom – or above a certain age, if you dare to say that you're confident in your body or you, heaven forbid, have an outside life beyond your kids, you are somehow lacking as a parent or 
something and it's not true. Like you absolutely love your children and you also recognize that you are a separate human being beyond your children and you have a life. I mean, how like the babies had to get made somehow. Right. Like, we all know how that <laughs> happens. So like, but it's like, we're st- some people are still very stuck in that taboo of like, we don't talk about sex. We don't mention the word sex. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about how babies are made or they go so far the other way that it has to be this crass, gross thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but wait a minute, there's a middle ground. Yes. There's yes. this middle ground. And why aren't we there? Why aren't we talking about that? Exactly. Why lose yourself? Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, I've seen so many women lose themselves and not know who they are because they have. And I I do. And so it's a very fine line here. Your family is everything. It is everything. But you are everything, too. And if you don't take care of yourself, everything else goes to shit. Yep. You know, you have to. Um, So for me, it started with like self-care. And how important that was. And I learned that through my yoga practice. And I became a yoga therapist because I loved self-care so much. Self-care is about also finding your sexuality and your sensuality and what feels good on your body and how somebody else can make you feel good and what, how you can make them feel good. Like that's life to me. Like that's, we just, I can't imagine going through life, not feeling pleasure. Because yeah. to me, you know, Nico so funny. He's like, you're like the Lord of pleasure. I'm like, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> like, I will take that. <laughs> I will take that crown as the Lord of pleasure because it's um, what life is suffering. It is. Yeah. But we are given these tools and these feels and this body for a reason. And it's not just to be like a shriveled up cold person. No. I want, I want to let people know, like, it's not too late in your forties to embrace this, like, beautiful time because it is a beautiful time to feel it. I can't wait. I'm not dreading my fifties anymore. Even my six, I'm like excited because I know how much I've shed. Yep. That like, wow, it can only get better from here, you know? Inevitably, we will all go gray. Will you keep the gray or will you dye it? Gray. I, I love, I, I'm starting to see it and it's cool because it's very silver. Yeah. And Nico loves gray hair. It's so funny. He's like really into like that look. Um, like he likes older women. He's like one of those guys. He's like into it. So, and so I'm 13 year, years older than Nico and it's such a great relationship. Um, it's so funny because so many guys I feel like miss are missing out on that, like, on that relationship, because they think it's so cool to have like a younger girl, you know? And, um, but me in my twenties, you wouldn't have want- wanted that. Me yeah. in my forties. Yes. You, you want that. <laughs> you, you want, want that? that. So <laughs> it's a whole different ball game. Like, yeah. and like you said, it's confidence. It's being so comfortable in your own skin. It's accepting this role it's accepting the little under bits under your ass like that are yeah. like hot and sexy because there's more to grab onto because that's like what makes you you um and it's exciting life is exciting so you know let's let's ex- let's explore it and sex is part of it 
and yeah, yeah, just... and have fun with your partner. Like, right? If you can't be comfortable with them, who can you be comfortable with? Exactly, exactly. And <clears throat> let them have their kinks, like little kink. Like you know what I mean? Like, yeah. We always say, like, whenever we're on our podcast, it always <laughs> ends up turning into a sex talk. And I'm like, maybe I should just like come up with my own podcast. And I was going to actually, uh, before Nico started his, I was going to do a podcast. I was going to call it Pep Talks. And I was going to do things. And I was going to do like, what intrigues me the most is sex, food, all things pleasurable, of course. And like people's unconventional jobs, you know, like I know a lot of models on there. I know a lot of musicians, um, a lot of just, I love unconventional, like, well, upstate unconventional. There we go. But I love a lot of unconventional jobs, just like not that nine to five, like energy healers, like, you know, psychics. Like, I want to know what makes people tick, you know, where they get that talent from. That's like the spice of life for me, you know, not the mundane. It's like, okay. But what do you do after work? What do you do after work? (laughs) What really gets the fire going for you? I heard someone say, and I thought this was great. Instead of asking someone, what what do you do for work? What do you do for a living? You ask them, what are you passionate about? Because oftentimes what you do for work, I would say for the majority of people, is not what you're actually passionate about. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And something I've been working on, it's... um. What do you fit now? This is this is not sexual. Mm-hmm. What do you fantasize about the most when you're like, say, on on a train going down to the city, or like, <clears throat> what are you thinking in your head? So, like, for me, my biggest fantasy, what brings me the most joy, and I feel it in my soul, is to be a musician, right? And okay. to sing and be a musician, and so that is something I want to eventually do like I've, i am a musician i play piano and i um other things like that and i can sing a little bit but really i want to like be able to pick up especially violin or i want to especially a fiddle and i want to like just rock out on that thing and like you know that's that's my soul like i feel it. every time i like hear that kind of music, I like fantasize about it. Like, yeah. oh, I would love to perform like doing that stuff. So like Lindsay uh, Sterling type. Deal? I love her. I love her. Um, but more just like folky, not even on that level, just yeah, kind yeah. of like, a, you know, a Celtic, you know, kind of folk band, you know, just whatever. But like, what do you fantasize about the most? Like, I feel like everyone kind of has a fantasy of what they would want to be in their life, mm-hmm. but we don't, we don't follow through with it. You know? Yeah. We don't follow through with it out of, I think a lot of it is out of fear, but I don't know. It's hundred percent. Yeah. It's scary. I can say from experience, uh, following that fantasy can be one of the hardest, scariest, most terrifying things you will ever do. It's also the most rewarding thing I've ever done. So do it. <laughs> Now, would you say like podcasting was something that like you really wanted to? Absolutely not. (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) So uh, I had done a reel about me leaving pharma and Janet from the deplorable nation saw it and goes, you have to, you have to come on my show. 
And so I did. And in that interview, I actually say, I don't want my own podcast, but I'm happy to go on other people's. And the universe proceeded to drop a bunch of anvils on my head to the point that finally I was like, fine, I'll start my own freaking podcast. <laughs> um, like people were so helpful and so kind to the point that every excuse that I came up with, people were like, okay, so I can help you with that. What's your next excuse? And so I was finally like, all right, I guess I'm doing it. Um, But mine was to actually leave pharma and help people. And I didn't really understand what helping people meant. And uh, now it's with energy healing and oils and just talking with people. Because a lot of times people, they don't have that person they can talk to. And I am not a licensed counselor or anything, but sometimes not having that credential can make me blunt in ways that maybe a traditional counselor wouldn't be. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's the exact thing that you need to hear. Right. So. Right. No, I love that. So through quitting. So did you know when you were quitting your job that you were going to, did you already have this set up or were you just like, I'm quitting and I got to figure this out? So I left pharma in April of 2021, but I had went to a naturopath for the first time in like mid-2020. Okay. Met this guy for the first time. I came home and apparently I was glowing. And I told Mike, I said, I have something I need to tell you. He's like, Okay. And he has a picture of me and he, I'm sitting on our basement steps and he's down in the basement sitting in a chair and he snapped a couple of pictures and I'm telling him how I'm meant to be this man's protege. I said, I don't understand it. I don't even know if uh, natural things work in tinctures because before this, I thought it was all bullshit. So, but I'm meant to be this man's protege. He's like, all right. He's like, I don't know how this is going to work, but we'll figure it out. And when I left pharma, that was not in place yet. We were not in a place that, uh, we could do those things. Mm-hmm. So I did little things to, cause obviously the electric still needs to be on and things like that, but we're very much underway of me becoming this gentleman's protege. And I'm very, very excited about it. It's been a long two years, but we're going to get there. And it's so exciting. It's not easy and it's hard, but I know it's so, so worth it. Absolutely. I think naturopathic medicine is awesome, by the way. Thank so, you. I really do. Um, and congratulations on finding, right, that like thing that you feel passionate about. Because yeah, it, 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 and it's such a great, oh, like I have a naturopathic doctor. My little guy goes to one and it's just resonates with me so much more. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I love that. So you have to follow what you're passionate about and what you love. And if people question it and think you're crazy, well, that's their problem, not yours. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. Exactly. It's always their problem. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. It really is. If you're going to actually like be so bothered by a decision that a grown person is making for themselves, that's not their problem. You know, it's always yeah. going to be the problem of the person that's questioning it. Yeah. So, yeah. One of my favorite sayings is that sounds like a you problem, not a me problem. Mm-hmm. I'm not hurting you. I'm not affecting your life in any way. Um, so 
you should probably go talk to your counselor about why you're so upset. <laughs> like, right, I, I don't right. know. <laughs> right. It's like the stress like that you could put these people through. It's like, I'm not stealing your clean water. Yeah. You know what I mean? I haven't put you out. Like, you know, I, I haven't like, you know, taken all your money. Like I literally am doing something for myself. That's just too much for you to handle and process. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of, it's kind of funny, but it's very sad too. It is. <laughs> like that fine line of like humor and just being like p- kind of pathetic and like, man, all I want for you is like what I found. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I want you to be happy. Yeah. I want you to, whatever that happy is, is just, but go be genuinely happy and ask yourself, like you said about like, what do you fantasize about? What's your dream? Like ask yourself those questions. And yeah. I feel like that's almost just a heart of the question though, as tell me two things you love about yourself. Cause those are really scary things for people to admit admitting yeah. what you love, admitting what you want. And then it's even harder to go after it. It really is. Yeah. Maybe. So maybe when I go off the rails on my own podcast, wink, wink, um, I'll have to ask that question. What do you fantasize about? (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. What is it? I think it's very, those are very cool questions. And really ones that are not asked. They're not asked. And it's almost the, they're the things we're afraid to ask. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. They're not only of others, but especially ourselves. Right. Right. Because people, <clears throat> they're so afraid of sounding like, oh, I don't want to sound like I love myself. That's weird. Like, I don't want to do that. But you should love yourself. Yeah. You can love yourself and not be egotistical. Yes, of course. And you can it's also different... be egotistical and not love yourself. And nine times out of 10 egotistical like if you have that big ego you're not loving yourself you know what i mean like you're cheating on your wife or you're doing really shitty things like you know that's ego driving that yeah um but no loving yourself is is different when you actually do love yourself you see it's completely different than being like i love myself (laughs) yeah it's not a physical thing it's it's an actual very very internal it is in process. That, and that's how you become confident. That's how you become that zero fucks given and not like I said earlier in that mean or nasty way, but just, yeah, sure. You do you like yeah. whatever. Exactly. And that shine shows on the outside when it's shiny on the inside. Yes. You, know? you can cover it up. Anyone can cover up with makeup and hair, whatever. Just be like whatever, like men, like really nice suits, but you can be a fucking awful person. Oh, you yeah. gotta shine from the inside. You'll you see the glow in somebody. You oh, know? you do. You totally do. Yeah. It's it's so it's almost sad sometimes. Like I will see something maybe someone's wearing or um whatever, and because it's an easy thing to comment on, I'll be like, Oh, I really like your dress or and the look they get that like, oh, like, thanks. And then they proceed to tell you about it. And yeah. like, they then they share that little bit of story and then they walk away happier. Yes. And I just think that's so cool. But at the same time, like, you should be happy with yourself first, right? Yeah. And so, I don't know. 
I don't know where I was going with that. I just felt like I needed to say it. (laughs) No, but, but that's so funny because I was reading something about that yesterday about compliments. So maybe you were just reading my mind. Um, compliments. It's like accepting them. Yeah. Right. And like, Back in the day, I'd be like, if somebody gave me a compliment, I'd be like so shy and just kind of like derail the compliment by being yes. like, oh, this like, no, like, oh, I've had this forever. Really? Like, oh, really? Oh, thanks. Oh, or your hair so pretty. Oh, I didn't even brush it today. Like, yeah. Now you have to tone just, down the compliment. Right. Almost. You got to like tone it down. It's like, why? And now it's just like, thank you. You know, you have beautiful eyes. Thank yeah. you. You know, like accept it. And I think that's a big part of just self-acceptance in general. It's just something small, little steps, take that compliment and just say thank you and just let that sink in. You know, gosh, a stranger has come up to you and like complimented you. Feel good about it. You know, yeah, it might just be servicey, but feel good about why not? You know, if that helps. You know, it helps a lot of people and a lot of people don't hear these things, you know, about themselves. So it's sad. Yeah. it Because you never want it to be a superficial compliment like, oh, your dress is so nice. You know what I mean? Like you, if you're going to do a compliment, genuinely mean it because then people will know. Um, But that glow that people get. Yeah. And there, I, I only have this vague memory of it, but I remember... I gave someone a compliment and they kind of started to do the, oh, it's just a, you know, I've had this forever yes. or whatever. And I was just like, stop. I was like, it's just a really nice dress. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. Right. Right. Yeah. Like you don't have to explain it. Yeah. Like the talking too much to explain it is like, they're trying to get out of it. No, just receive it. You know, you yeah. look, you're fucking hot in that dress. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's end of story. Bye. And then like, yeah. you have, to like have a great day. I'm going to run away now. So you can't say anything. <laughs> so you can't take that back. You look hot and that's it. So yeah, it's funny, but yeah, but yeah. So I don't know if you want to get into any little pepper stories of how I got to this point. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. Like I said, you control the flow of this conversation. Okay. So whatever you want to share, I am game for. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, just like, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to get here. Just go. You just go. You just go. You just go. You just jump in. You don't need a segue. You don't need shit. You just go. <laughs> you jump into the deep end. I was born in 1978. No. Um, you know, one of the things about me and uh, acceptance. Um, so I don't look like anybody in my family. That's, and so I can kind of, you know, I, I would say that that has a lot to do with like why I wasn't so confident back then, you know. Um, I have a very Italian family, Irish too, but mostly Italians. And, they're sh- on the shorter side, very dark, you know, um, and here I come out and I'm very pale, freckled, redhead. Um, and, and then I grew to be tall. I'm probably one of the tallest people in my family. Um, 
And people can be so cruel, you know, like it's so crazy. Like my own cousins, my own family were the ones that like made fun of my looks growing up. You know, I didn't, I don't have any other siblings. I'm an only child. And so, God, but that like hurt. Like you can, to, to like finally be able to admit that, like that hurt back then, you know, like one of the things that irritated me the most was like when they all got so tan and would go like this put your arm up next to my arm. Look how disgustingly pale you are. And I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't help myself. And that's something like I I was always so in tune to and so sensitive to people. Like you can't change the way you fucking look like, like genetically wise, like you can't change that. Why would you like go out of your way to make fun of somebody that literally, I cannot change the color of my skin you know what I mean? And you're just making fun of it. How does that make you feel okay? So that was something like at a very young age that I really was like, that's fucked up. Yeah. You know, because it would make me like cry. I was very yeah. sensitive, you know, uh, making fun of my hair. Like, you know, it was very bright when I was little, like very orangey copper. Um, Sticking out like a sore thumb, you know, it was hard. It was difficult. And like just kind of like then overnight kind of like accepting it, like going to my biggest turning point was probably going to college and being like, Oh, okay. People, people like me. You know what I mean? Like, boy, I went to an all girls private school my whole life. So I just thought I would never have a boyfriend. I was never going to get married. I was like the ugly duckling. I was never going to have any of that. And then I went to college and I was overwhelmed with like, you know, people that liked me. I couldn't believe it because I was told by these little bitches in my family, (laughs) tongue in cheek, but still that like I was, you know, weird looking. Yeah. And, but that was something I was, I was very sensitive to growing up, um, so, and I still am, I'm very sensitive to that sort of thing with people. I still don't understand why people do that. Do you ever notice that? Like people pick on things that people can't help? Yeah. Like, like I can't grow another thumb. I don't know what you want me to do about that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you must get like, do you get like weird, like people like saying stuff to you? Oh, I've gotten weird things as an adult. Um, Yeah. Weird things as an adult. I had a doctor uh imply actually not imply flat out ask me if my parents were related because that would explain me so the stupidity does not go away no Um, are you kidding it just gets worse (laughs) oh man do you ever just like have to just laugh it off and just be like it's later yes in the moment i'm typically either really shocked or really hurt that i don't know how to respond later yes in the moment no yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. I know. God, people are just, they can really suck, you know? <laughs> I was the, so me and one other cousin were the only ones that had butts in the family. Everyone else had boobs. I am on the itty bitty titty committee. I have nothing up top. Okay. <laughs> and I remember there was one Memorial Day that my mom made me and my other cousin stand and take a picture of our butts because we were the only ones that had butts in the family. And how, and I'm like, what do you want 
want me to do? I can't make it go away. Like, I'm right. sure you have a flat ass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can fill out a pair of jeans and you can't. Sorry, right. not sorry. Like, right. Sorry, not sorry. That's so funny. Were they like proud of you or were they like, what, it was what? like proud and jealous. Like, because <laughs> so they couldn't fill out a pair of jeans. And I'm like, I don't, they're like, my jeans always fall off. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I didn't exercise for this. It just came that way. That's so funny. My mom. So, like, <clears throat> this is like, I don't know. I don't know when how old you are. But, like, in the 80s, it was really cool to have no ass. Okay? Like, if okay. you look at, like, Pam, Pamela Anderson and shit. Like, or, like, all the, like, uh, girls in, like, the, like, music videos. Like, the, you know, the big hair music videos. No ass. Okay? So, my mom grew up in that generation where, like, no ass was, like, the way to go. And she's got a ass and I've got a huge ass. And now it's like, and I just never understood, like, because she'll say to me, like, look at that woman. She's got no ass. She's so lucky. And I'm like, what the fuck? Mom, like, embrace those curves, girl. Like, <laughs> hey, to be a little crude for a second, they got yeah. nothing to hang on to if you're on top. Hello. Like <laughs> yes. That's what I'm saying. I'm sorry, but like, it's so weird to me. So, but the fact that my mom is like this petite little like woman, she's tiny, but she's got like this ass, right? And she's always like so jealous of women that have that flat. And I'm like, what is literally wrong with you, mom? Like, what is literally, but it's the generation, you know what well, I mean? That, and I feel like it's, if you have straight hair, you want curly hair. If you have curly hair, you want straight hair. Like right. we're never happy as women in our own bodies. And then no. to, when we are the women who are, and you say that you're like, Oh, well, you're just supposed to be so full of yourself. No, no. I'm just happy with myself. Right. I think that's such an issue to, I, I love it when a woman like says like, like rocks a certain quality about themselves. I think that's so unbelievably sexy. Yeah. That they will, they're, they're bracing, embracing something beautiful about themselves, you know? And I think it's so shitty on the flip side that people put her down for that. You know, other women, the problem is, is that like, we automatically have like this thing about us all, which is disgusting that we should be in competition at all times, you know, and we can't appreciate another woman's beauty, you know? And it's almost this weird competition of self-deprecation and who can self-deprecate the most and if you can self-deprecate and talk your bad about your the mo yourself the most then you must be the best it's this really weird like someone's like oh i hate my boobs oh well, i hate my butt i hate this yes. and, I, and it becomes this weird <clears throat> competition and you're and i'm like why why is that a thing self-deprecation is probably one of you know how people joke all the time and they they're like so self-deprecating and it's like, and, but they're like trying to be so funny, but it's like, it's, it's just the sad. worst, it's the worst down talk that you can do. Yeah. Being, being that self-deprecating to a point, like I, I get it and I get the humor behind it, but it's really not that funny because it's only, you're, you're believing whatever you're telling yourself, you're believing, you know, and if you're constantly just being self-deprecating and wah, wah, like, I'm just not, wah, wah, you know. People, not only are other people going to believe it, you're going to start believing that shit. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't know. I think that self-deprecating self, self -deprecating humor stuff has to kind of go. 
as I think it's like the lowest form of humor too, personally. Agreed. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like that when people try to be funny by putting themselves down. Yeah. Yeah. Have you found that your confidence has grown since starting your OnlyFans? Oh God. Yes. Well, I would say my Instagram, I would say okay. it has grown. So <clears throat> meeting Nico was a life changer for me um, because I was in a very bad relationship. I was married before and I don't even know who that person is anymore. I think I told you before we started recording, like, I feel like I've lived so many lives that I don't even, it's like, I'm shedding this skin. I'm, I shed it. And I, I look back and I'm like, wow, like, I don't even know who that person is. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I can't relate to her. I don't even look the same. Mm-hmm. I do think we physically do change too. When we do start to shed these different lives that we yeah. live through this one life, uh, which is very interesting to me. But um, it was a rough time because I grew up, like I said, very not confident. I was actually, I'm just going to get into it. I was a victim of sexual abuse um, and it was a family member, um, actually a step cousin. And I would go over to their house after school because my aunt would babysit me and he was there. And I went on for a very long time, probably from like the age of like, maybe like five to like the age of like, almost 12. This happened to me. So because it's family, right? It's hard to get away from. So I carried so much shame and I thought it was my fault. I was like a little kid, like... I thought I was doing something wrong, you know, and I didn't tell anybody. And I turned into like this little hypochondriac. So that's how like my fear and shame of being sexually abused manifested for me into being worried about my health constantly as a little child. It was very strange. Um, So that definitely was hard for me. My mom, so my, my biological dad and my mom, um, got divorced when I was two. So I didn't have like that dad in my life. Um, although I had my grandfather in my life, my grandfather was a very powerful businessman. He owned many businesses. He traveled the world. He wasn't around the way I would typically need like a father Mm -hmm. figure around. You know what I mean? Yep. I had uncles, but, you know, they had their own families and stuff like that. Um, My mom was a single mom and, you know, all's forgiven, but she had fun, you know, as a single mom. She dated a lot of guys. She was in and out of the house. My grandmother raised me. You know, I we lived with my grandparents and which I absolutely loved. I loved living with my grandparents. It was great. Um, Because for the most part, I did grow up with a very tight family, but no one knew what was happening to me behind the scenes. Yep. You know? So, um, my grandmother raised me. Thank God. Like, you know, she was an amazing woman. 
Uh, I actually grew up my great grandmother too, her mother. So it was just like a That's house. Cool. I always say like the house of witches. Like we had like our coven, you know what I mean? Um, and I, I, I kind of, I learned everything I know about like family and soul from my grandmother and my grandfather too. When he was home, he was awesome. He was just like the best. I loved him, even though he had, he, he, went through some shit too, his own stuff, um, making some bad decisions, but, um, still adored my grandfather no matter what. Um, but yeah, so just growing up with this, like constant embarrassment and shame, not only about how I look, but what I was going through and I'm scared, right? I'm Mm -hmm. constantly scared and in fear, but I always wanted to protect my family And I was, I didn't want them to know because I didn't want my family to get broken up. So that's why I didn't tell anyone. So I kept this burden and I suffered through this shit. And I hate looking back because I feel like I, why did I do that? You know, I could have ended it, but could I have, you know, I don't know. So that's like what I, what I struggled with for a long time. Like I, you know. I think uh, a victim of this, you kind of think like, what, what could I have done, you know, as a child, but I really don't think I, as a child, I could have done anything, you know? I think it's really common and I did it too, where, well, what could I have done differently? Who could I have told? What could I have said? Um, Why didn't I speak up sooner? Um, And then you almost eat yourself up and blame yourself, not only for that fact that it happened, but then you then blame yourself again, for not stopping it or speaking up sooner. And it's almost harder sometimes to forgive yourself than to move past what that experience because you didn't know and you were young and playing that what if game in a negative way never goes anywhere good. Yeah. It happened and it sucks and I can't go back and change that. What did I learn from it? And, but forgiving yourself can be really, really hard to do. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And I think that, so this has been a big thing for me through my life is kind of like, I keep going back to that. I keep going back to that because I kind of, I, I stuffed it down for so long inside me. And when it really came up was, um, when I got married in 2006, I got married and my grandmother wanted to invite him to the wedding. And I said, he can't come. And she said, why? And I told her, and I don't think she believed me, you know, even to like, I could just see it in her eyes. And it was just sort of like, let's not speak about this ever again. Kind of thing. You know, it was the unspoken stuff and we never did. And then that was it. I did tell my aunt on the other side. Um, I did tell her at one point and she, I think, believed me. And, but it was always like this fear, like no one's going to believe me. You know, that was like this whole thing. Um, so I just carry the shame. I never would have, I never even to this day would think about telling my mom, you know, um, and it's more just protecting her because I know I'm, a, I'm emotionally stronger than my mom, you know, it was like growing up with like a sister, someone that couldn't like handle, there's like an emotional stunt there, Mm -hmm. you know, 
where like, I can handle it, put it on me. I'll, I'll handle it. I'll be fine. And I've always been fine, but I've been to therapy and stuff. You have to. Yeah. You know, you you had to to. be the parent and you still are for your mom. Yes. And there, like, there's certain things that I won't tell my mom because for that same thing, like, I know that she would blame herself. And Mm -hmm. so I don't share those things. Yeah. And unfortunately, when you tell family members about these types of things, they don't want to believe it. It's like, because then that also messes up their paradigm and their worldview. Mm-hmm. And so it's fucked up as it is. It's easier for them in many ways not to believe you because then it doesn't mess up their worldview. And it's totally fucked up and wrong and not making any excuses for it. Just trying to explain. And for a lot of families, it becomes this taboo. We don't talk about it. Right. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> so, yeah. So even to this day, like, you know, what, what I, what I feel I have lacked. So, so from that experience, I was terrified of anything. Um, I was terrified of boys. I was terrified of like, well, forget it. My own sexuality. Yeah. <laughs> no like kissing a boy even being with a boy was just unfathomable to me I grew up so fast in that respect amongst other things in my family like I said divorce um a lot of other you know my grandfather's infidelity there was Mm -hmm. that too which rocked my world because it was like you guys were my like my stable shit like what are you doing (laughs) yeah yeah um, but they never broke up. Like my grand, my grandparents stayed together. That was the old school thing. You know, you stuck together no matter what. And they did. But shit, you know, it like that, that stuff stays with you. Right? It does. So I'm growing up thinking, what am I, am I capable of like being loved the way I need to be? Yep. So <clears throat> I'm, you know, I, I dated and I met, boys and stuff like that. And I finally embraced my sexuality and was great. But then I met my ex-husband and I did settle. I settled because I didn't think I was capable of anything else. You know what I mean? Like I settled in the fact where he felt very safe to me. You know, he was at the time, at the time, he was a nice person, you know, um, he was just loyal. I didn't feel like I was going to get hurt in any way. Um, but also there was no emphasis on romance or sex with him at all. Yeah. We were, we were more friends and that felt like a safe space for me too. Like I didn't feel any sort of pressure. But as I grew and got older in this relationship, I mean, he was, he's an alcoholic too. So there's a lot of shit, but I, I really started embracing my sexuality. And I, like I said, I did it in college and then I kind of like let it sink, let it look like just stuffed it down when I met my ex-husband. And then as I'm going on in this marriage, I'm like, fuck this. Like I'm, I'm a sexual being. 
and I need to express that. And I, you know, like we grew apart. Um, there was no infidelity. There was nothing, but the main thing was his alcoholism. It was just too much to handle. And we weren't soulmates. We were not connected in that way, you yeah. know? Um, and it was just time. And what helped me through that was, um, going through my yoga teacher training, it, going through my meditation practice, realizing that there's more to life, um, embracing myself, accepting what happened, um, accepting my sexuality and who I am and the divine feminine and everything. He didn't want to evolve. But I wanted to just keep evolving. I, 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 there was a moment and it started in 2014 after my grandmother actually passed away where it was just like, I was having such severe anxiety. And then all of a sudden that like panic attacks, anxiety attacks, right? It shed. My grandmother passed away. I grieved more than I could grieve at the time. It was very traumatic for me. And then I just was like, just took off like a jet and I was unstoppable. And one of the things that I had to leave behind was my marriage because again, there was nothing there and we weren't growing together, you know? And I also didn't like his habits, you know, that was really affecting us, you know, understandably, very, very unhealthy. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So coming back to where I am now as a 40 something year old woman, I, have now embraced fully my power in my sexuality because it was so stifled and it was so harmed that now I've taken my power back. Yeah. You know? And it feels amazing to do so. And everything I felt shame about my body, the way I look, sex, touching is now like fully embraced by me. You know, and it's exactly part of who I am. So that gave me goosebumps. Oh, well, thank you. But it all came full circle for me, yeah. you know? So it runs much, much deeper than just having this OnlyFans account, having confidence as a 40 something year old woman and just loving myself. There's, it runs a lot deeper for me. Yeah. You, know? you had to go through a ton of shit to get to where you are. And I feel like that's, there's that cliche, you know, you never know what someone's story is. And it's really easy to look at someone and make a ton of assumptions. Mm -hmm. Oh, she's really pretty. So she must have had an easy life and everyone loved her. And she's just doing this for insert reason here. And then you talk to someone and you're like, no, actually, I had a really, really shitty childhood and all of these things happened. And then I had a bad marriage and everything that we do is because of our past. It's all a matter of how we decide to, if we choose to learn from it and if we choose to grow from it and it's not easy, but oftentimes the people that you see that are happy in doing the things that maybe you wish you were doing, they've gone through their own hell. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why when I said one of the things I love about myself is my childlike wonderment that I've 
learned and I'm not going to let that go because I didn't have it as a child. Yeah. So I want to embrace all the magic and see all the beauty that I like didn't even pay attention to um, and see it and experience it with my kids, you know, and give them as much as a magical life as I can because childhood should be, it should be magical. It shouldn't be um, what, what I experience. And a lot of people do experience what I experience, unfortunately, but, and if you do experience it, when you're older, then I just do the best you can to find that inside you again, because that's the best advice I can give because it's just such a happiness because I feel a lot of times too, it's a gift. Um, and I only say this because a lot of people might grow old and start to kind of get a little curmudgeonly and a little negative and it has actually had the opposite effect on me where I appreciate literally every day. Yeah. I feel like it's a journey to get to that point. It's, and it's not an easy one, but the people that are the happiest seem to have gone through some of the worst shit. And you look at people like Robin Williams and things like that. And they were comedians and, you know, they're always making jokes and things like that. And then you find out about their past and you're like, oh shit, like they, they went through some tough stuff. And then the line that always gets me is when you share a story and someone's response is, oh, well, I could have never gone through that. Well, I didn't choose to go through it. Like, this wasn't like, I thought this would be a fun experience. Let's go (laughs) try it. Right. So I dealt with it because I had to. You dealt with your things because you had to. You can go through anything. It's just when I feel when people say that, it's the polite way of saying, I would never want to go through that. And so instead they say, I could never. No, it's you don't want to. And I wouldn't want someone to. Right. But it's so hard to, people can get uncomfortable when you share stories. And so I made, I've made it a point because I've gone through my own shit. When you're telling me that you're sexually abused as a child, my societal response wants to be, I'm sorry. But I didn't do anything. And you didn't do anything wrong either. Mm-hmm. And so I let that. I let you just share your story and it can be really uncomfortable for people. If someone's going to share a hard story with you, it can be really hard to just sit there and be quiet because you want to break up that silence. You want to um, fill those gaps. Yeah. You just kind of have to sit there and I appreciate you sharing your story and feeling comfortable enough to do so. And I commend you for it. Thank you. It was time. It had to, it had to happen. And I was looking forward to coming on your show to do it, you know? So, because like I said, if it gives anybody else hope out there, you know, anyone that's going through it now or has gone through it and just feels so sad about it. Um, there's, there's always hope and, my my biggest advice again is embrace that childhood 
wonderment, embrace the magic. That's all I keep saying it, but it's so important because that is everything that's getting me through this life, you know? And if you missed out on it, fucking take it back because you deserve it. Yeah. You deserve it. You deserve to be a kid and you deserve to have fun and live your life and feel pleasure in everything. You know, we feel enough pain and sorrow and heartache. God, just embrace all the good shit. Well, and sometimes we can't, oftentimes we can't control that suffering and pain and heartache. No. But we can absolutely choose that joy and that wonderment and that happiness. And so yeah. make that choice for yourself. Right. You don't have right. to be, it's not that the bad shit goes away, but sometimes it makes the bad shit just a little bit easier to bear. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. You said it perfectly. You did. <laughs> Well, well, thank you for letting me share all of this today. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. And um, <laughs> we've both been uh, tearing up over here. And so I'm really grateful that this is a, I know. a video <laughs> podcast. And it's audio only. Um, but will you please share any socials you are comfortable sharing and anywhere that they can find you and all of those things? And they'll also be in the show notes. Absolutely. Okay. Um, well, you can find me at rosy.quartz underscore. That's my Instagram page for the podcast where I host with my partner, Nico, uh, at Upstate Unconventional. And where we have a fun little podcast going and we're going to revamp some things we're really excited about. And um, I'm actually going to dive into a topic that I love so much. We're going to do a series on angels coming up. Very cool. I love angels so much. And we're going to do a deep dive um, into that. So uh, please tune into that. If you want a little spice in your life, you can find <laughs> me on also on Instagram at Peppers of Peach and Peachy Pepper. I have two pages there. And yeah, they're my fun modeling pages. Uh, my links are in my bio. Um, and yeah, I have a Twitter and a TikTok and all that fun stuff. But you can find it through my links in my Peppers of Peach account. But yeah, so I'm pretty much all over the place. <laughs> Well, all of those will definitely be in the show notes uh, for those who just want to click. And thank you all for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Conventional, And we're, we have a fun little podcast going and we're going to revamp some things we're really excited about. And um, I'm actually going to dive into a topic that I love so much. We're going to do a series on angels coming up. Very cool. I love angels so much. And we're going to do a deep dive um, into that. So uh, please tune into that. If you want a little spice in your life, you can find <laughs> me on also on Instagram at Peppers of Peach and Peachy Pepper. I have two pages there. And yeah, they're my fun modeling pages. Uh, my links are in my bio. Um, and yeah, I have a Twitter and a TikTok and all that fun stuff. But you can find it through my links in my Peppers of Peach account. But yeah. So I'm pretty much all over the place. <laughs> well, all of those will definitely be in the show notes uh, for those who just want to click. And thank you all for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everyone. I wanted to thank you for listening to another episode of Speed Bumps. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to this on. If you're listening on Spotify, I would really appreciate if you clicked that five-star button. And if you're on Apple, you can click the five-star button and leave a written review if you're so inclined. If you're interested in coming on my show, you can reach out to me at speed.bumps.com podcast on Instagram.